design analyze the games that we love deadlines and music and the movies we can't forget iron post one the burns like my kind of first save on horse how's it going man it's going pretty good man how's everything you're nigga going good bro back going back good. at it <laughs> some some days yeah. we don't know what we're gonna actually do <laughs> back at it bro but we have a, a lot of topics to get into obviously college football is back nfl topics and out reviews in the second half of our group how to blow up a pipeline to start off with Colorado was just a major upset over TCU and how good they can be going forward. I mean, this was the, the headline of week one. They were able to win 45-42 against um, TCU. Shador Sanders threw for a score record 510 yards with four touchdowns. Two-way star Travis Hunter had 11 catches for uh, 119 yards. And as a defensive back, he also had an interception. But in terms of just this win, I mean, this is a major statement, obviously, to start off beating the runner, the national runner-up in TCU. What were your thoughts on this and also, you know, what they can do going forward to even get better? This is this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. If this is a surprise to you, you shouldn't watch. <laughs> you haven't been paying attention. You shouldn't watch college football anymore. You should just close your eyes and go to sleep. <laughs> but you you look at what he's done, him saying that he's bringing his, you know, his Louie. It's literally he's bringing players from the transfer portal. He's bringing two great players that played at Jackson State with him. Three players hit Shiloh. Uh, Shadour and you know um, man of man of honor Travis Hunter yeah. so we knew that the talent was there we knew that they recruited really well we knew that they got rid of the old uh, regime old regime at at you know at Colorado they they implement a new new facet of overall just bad a playing football imagery you play good. When you look good, you play good. You feel good. That's what it feels like in Colorado now. Everybody is talking. Everywhere you see YouTube, uh, Twitter, well, X if you want to call X it, now. Facebook, Instagram. <laughs> oh, my bad. Not my Facebook bad. meta. Yeah, my bad. It's X now. That's going to give it to you. Um, <laughs> but I love what I saw, bro. I love what I saw. I love Travis Hunter as an individual and a player that he can play almost 100, well, more than 110 mm. snaps on offense and defense so where there's blazing. It's so tough and to play at a high level. He never, his his play level never decreased. Mm. He was high, he was high 10. You know, it's just a lot of things that he did. But man, the biggest takeaway, and I, I'm telling you, he's an NFL quarterback, man. Shadur Sanders showed that he can play at the next level. His Don't ability, sleep on him. His, Don't sleep on do him. Do not sleep on him. Everybody was like, oh, he's playing in HBCU. That doesn't matter. The amount of accuracy he's had in the past two years is bonkers, bro. Yeah. These are NFL throws. These are NFL reads, extended plays. We already know he can do that. But the deep ball threat and accuracy is what's going to – is setting him apart for a lot of quarterbacks in the NCAA. And it's I think his draft stock just went up really, really high. Broke a record – First game of the season, bro. Who does that, bro? Five hundred <laughs> yards, just a a plethora of, of touchdowns, and I love the play calling that Colorado do. Obviously, their defense is gonna have to have some uh, readjusting, but I think they played well. TCU was not a sleeper team. We knew that they just got, you know, they lost in the national championship. They still have returning players coming back. They still look like a good football team. That's why it went down to the wire like yeah. it did. But this game, this it's going to be extremely hard. I don't, even the LSU in the Florida State game wasn't as, as potent and as fiery as this game. Like it, this game is going to be hard to 
hard to just what did you uh, think about the lsu florida state game because obviously that was a little back and forth in the first half but then florida state just yeah just just took off and they look like it's going to be hard to run on florida state obviously and also it looks like they can really be a team that's battle tested and one to really be reckoned with you know you look at the first half they can be run on and I, i think they got away from a lot of things the play calling was different i think the adjustment by Florida State was really, really good that they were keeping him in the pocket. They were sending blitzes. They were making him throw, yeah. um, making him beat him with the, with his arm. And I think at that point, he was, you know, extending plays, was chunk plays. They were moving the ball really well in the first half. And then that just ceased because of the adjustments of Florida State. Now you look at <laughs> LSU's defense has never been this bad. Never. It wasn't rushing, a, you know, obviously – you know, he threw it in Jordan Travis threw an interception was an ill-advised throw. Obviously he made a couple bad reads, but he made up for it. But their defense was not getting pressure. The DBs normally his DBU looked just like they were in, in middle school ball. <laughs> Coleman. Well, I think Coleman had what three touchdowns mm-hmm. and it all was deep ball, jump ball, just mossing everybody. So yeah. I do think, Florida State is can be ran on, and we we've seen that in the first half. Yeah, but they the did a great job. We saw, job that. We saw more of that in the first half. Yeah, yeah, they did a great job adjusting though. That defense, it's they 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 got a lot of depth. Um, the front seven and the secondary play way way better than I thought they were going to do. I thought this these this wide receiver core was going to make a a a, a dent into that secondary, but they did a, a great job adjusting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now getting into Duke's surprising win and performance versus Clemson. Duke won the season opener. Surprising. And, well, I mean, I, I would say the fashion in which they won it was, was surprising, 28-7. to 7. That's interesting that you say, why was it surprising? Because, honestly, the last few, season, the last few seasons, they've been on the uptick. They've been climbing. Yes. They've been improving every year. And I think um, them winning isn't the surprising thing. I think the fashion in which they won at Clemson, I mean, they, they've regressed in a, in a lot of aspects. But them winning, you know, 28-7, to 7, Riley Leonard broke loose for a 44-yard touchdown. And, Jacquez Moore added a nine-yard score run. Uh, what, what did you think about this overall? And just, you know, it kind of seems, it's a, for you, it's similar to Colorado. This shouldn't be a surprise. They, they, they've they no. been on the rise, and, and now <laughs> now they're here. For a while, yeah. So the, the, don't let the score fool you. 28-7, it was spread out through all four quarters. Clemson uh, was know, making they, drives. Clemson was making drives. Clemson was making drives. There was two field goals in the first and second quarter, and then Clemson, you know, score off a, a mistake from the 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 – the Blue Devils, uh, I think it was either fumble or it was a, a punt muffed or something like that. And then obviously they score uh, late twice in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But I think the biggest takeaway, it, obviously the, the score is spread across the four quarters, but I think the biggest takeaway, the the Duke Devils defense looked so, so good when it matters the most. And I, and I think a lot of people slept on them. They won, I think, 10 games last year, bro. In a in a in a beefy ACC yes. uh, conference, beef. I, it, last year ACC looked really really good. Last year, you know, Florida State was on the up and up. Clemson still was holding on to their their nine ten wins. Was, you know, Louisville looked really really well. Obviously, Duke Duke looked real good. So ACC was very beefy last year, and to think that. We knew that Klubnik was going to be just this awesome quarterback. <laughs> no, we 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 gave DJ such a hard time, and now he's at Oregon State, looking really well, look like in, you know a well-oiled machine at quarterback. But 
Klubnik is not ready to lead this team. Right. Yeah, he, you know, the bowl game, he got in there, he made some big plays in the bowl game, but this is totally different. This is an entire season for him, a entire new look, a team that was a conference game who looked really well last year that he didn't see. He didn't play against them. So all he's seen is film. But when you get on that field, it's totally different. So now I'm looking at the quarterback situation. And, you know, they say – but I don't – I don't agree with uh, fall, um, Phil Baum, whatever his name is. Fall Baum. <laughs> saying the that the dynasty is over. <laughs> he got he gets a lot of things wrong that nobody calls him out for. I know. I've watched Paul Feinbaum <laughs> for years. And, I mean, obviously he's one of the voices in college football, college football yeah. media. But I'm like, how many times are we just going to overlook how this guy just, is dead wrong about things? But we just keep saying, oh, Fine Bomb said it. Oh, it's gospel. No, Bomb, <laughs> Paul. It's, you know, Paul knows best. No, you're totally wrong. And I, I don't think Dabo's his, – his reign is over because Clemson's been playing great football and people want to play for Clemson. Yeah. They're going to – they're always going to be do great in the transfer portal and recruit well because Dabo is a great recruiter. Oh, for sure. I think – it's the first game of the season. You got a new quarterback. You got new players. You got to instill in these. But I think it's what take I love some about time. Dab- it's yeah, it's going to take some time. But I, what I love about Dabo is saying, I still believe. I know a lot of people are counting us out already after the first game. Yeah. But I still believe in this team. I love this squad. I love this organization. But this should not be a surprise for this I, I didn't know it was going to be 28-7. Obviously, it looks worse than what it is yeah. because of the, the – But if you watch the game, if you game. watch the whole yeah. game, you're like, look, Clemson, they were they were going on drives, and then they turned the ball over in, in, in the, the red zone. You know what I mean? So things like yeah. that can make the score a lot more drastic than what it actually was. Yeah. But I think they're going to bounce back. They're, they're really going to bounce back. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be fun for them. Um, And, and, and you know, I, I left our, our our tradition, the the most intriguing uh, college football oh, yeah. <laughs> week two game, but – um, I mean, to me, the one that obviously stands out is Alabama, Texas, because, you know, we saw what happened mm-hmm. last year and how mm-hmm. that honestly Texas should have won that game. And, and Bryce Young has an incredible drive to, to, to get them into, into field goal range. Um, you know, Texas is ranked 11th, Alabama third. And this is going to be an early test for Alabama. Same for Texas. And I think that that's going to all eyes are going to be on, on that game. Um, but to you, is there another game or maybe that one that, that kind of stands out to you this weekend? It's a, it's a couple games that stand out to me. Uh, one is going to be Colorado and Nebraska. Yeah. That game is going to be massive. Ooh, I think Colorado has one of the hardest schedules. They, do. they got year. Oregon and USC back to back, right? Back to back. You got Utah at the tail end, who will still be in the top 25 by the end of the year. There How is many a games do you think they're year. winning this year? I gave them nine. I gave them nine. I know they're going to slip up. I think they can beat USC just because of their defense and how they went back and forth for TCU. I think they can squeak by with nine games, and then the tenth game will come in the bowl. Yeah, I, I think they 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 they, they obviously they're ch- you know changing heads and making believers out of a lot of people, but I don't think they're just ready yet to say, "Oh yeah, we're going, yeah, we're, we're going, going to the playoffs." <laughs> I'm not, no, not doing no. that. I'm not being naive. No, I'm not doing <laughs> the people that, who are bro. saying, "Yeah, they're going all the way." <laughs> you're like, "Hold up, hold up." Leslie Corso would say, <laughs> "Yeah, not so hold fast, up, my friend." <laughs> yes, and then <laughs> I love when he does that. 
Bro, that is that's, that's such a That's like a Saturday morning bro. tradition. <laughs> yeah, so like hold up, my friend. Uh, <laughs> yo, he's so he's he's so older now. He doesn't care what he, he says. Care. Like, like, bro, just go for it. <laughs> Lee Corso just just who he is. But the second game is USC and Stanford. Yes. This this I believe they're a rival. I think this game is always good, just especially when they had Andrew Luck. It was always a battle, especially when they had you know Christian McCaffrey for those mm-hmm. years. It was always a battle. So Caleb Williams is finally playing a team I think can match up well with them, and their yeah. defense is not as run over. So it's going to be a good matchup. I'm looking for Caleb Williams to continue his success, but I want to see him under fire. Can he enter the rest? Because last year, he yeah, can he handle that? Last year, we've seen like he can get out of certain situations, but at the tail end, he he doesn't you know pull through. But I'm 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 looking to see if Stanford can can dethrone this this Heisman hopeful. Back to back, I've never seen nobody win Heisman back to back. I was about to say that I've never seen it, and he and he I've was in the he, he had the, there was this um this new this article recently about you know him and his dad talk, talking about the comments of them being uncertain about you know hey like what if he stays yeah. another year like we we've never played for a team that we didn't pick we didn't hand pick like what did you think about that in terms of because NFL I mean that's a different beast you're right. you're going into a different environment and. Like a lot of people are thinking, like he doesn't want to go to an Arizona team where he doesn't know what his future is going to be. Like, what did you think about those comments and his future outlook in the NFL? Well, that's that's the flip side of the coin. You know, now the transfer portal has spoiled a lot of these players, and obviously, you picking your team where you want to go to college. But now there's a team that wants to pick you that yeah. you don't want to go to. And we we sent a lot of quarterbacks and a lot of players didn't want to go to the team, like you know Eli Manning didn't want to go to the Chargers. So. <laughs> And then it was a, it's a bunch of other players, but that's the one that really like I remember that stood out the most. But man, it doesn't matter what team you go to, you shine, bro. If you're if you're that guy, you're gonna shine regardless. Put in the work. And I think, yeah, put in the work, turn the, turn that offense around. They don't want you to be their savior, but show that you're a quarterback that can turn an organization around or get them from being top twenty five to top fifteen in passing yards. Like, why are you running away from adversity? Just because a team is not doing so well, like the not the Cardinals, and we we don't we don't know. Cardinals might surprise us and not be in the top five pick. So, yeah. I think this this culture is is one of those negative effects of this newfound culture in college football that everybody is being appeased. Where the NFL is not doing that. NFL is a business, so you got to get in when you fit in. Now you're gonna. What if you you stay back your senior year and you get hurt? God forbid, or your numbers are not that good. Or something, something happened, some scandal or something. So don't yeah. be afraid of adversity. Oh yeah, this culture, yeah, this culture now is really running away from that pl- and, and just, yeah. just shying away from what you have to face next. Because like you're you're going to have you're going to have tough situations for your future after college. You know, we literally talked about it in our last review with Untold Johnny Football, where, where he goes yes. to, to Cleveland, and it's not the same. It's not it's not not, not the same hype and, and not the same feeling because it's it's going to be different. You're a professional now. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't run from that. Definitely. Um, and now getting to um our, our first NFL topic with uh obviously the the news of, of, of with with the Lions beating the Chiefs opening night, um twenty one twenty. Jared Goff threw for five, for two hundred fifty three yards and touchdown. Uh, new Lions running back David Montgomery ran for the go ahead score late in the game, and Detroit um was able to hold on. And this is obviously interesting because you know even even before this game, we were going to talk about our thoughts on you know Travis Kelsey him him being out. Uh, with with the ACL injury and 
Chris Jones, I mean, that's the biggest the biggest holdout yeah. <laughs> so far in the season yeah. before Nick Bosa uh, decided decided to sign his contract. Like, what, what were your thoughts? Because it, it was interesting because Mahomes, he was able to make great plays in the first half. And then over time, you just saw, okay, he can't really evade the fact that these these guys are not the same level of receivers that, that he usually has. And also more drops than more drops than we're accustomed yeah, to seeing. And I think that is. was really, really what it is. But uh, what, what were your overall takeaways from this, from this game? Uh, one, they don't miss Chris Jones. Mm. They, don't, they don't need Chris Jones. Uh, That's I a think statement. <laughs> because, and I, and I say this and I know you are probably going to like, you know, clip it up. I say this for two reasons. The passing game did not beat them. The running game did. Chris Jones is not a presence in the running game. Mm. He's 22 sack guy. He's pressure guy. He's he's a slim guy who can get, you know, tall, slim guy who can get back to the quarterback. He's never been a real presence mm. in the run game. The run game is what beat them. The play action game is what beat them. So it's a, the, the game plan, they would have lost. I want to say they would have lost. He wouldn't have made a huge difference because you look at Hutchinson. Hutchinson was – doing everything and above. They're moving everything. around, but he still never got a sack, right? Mm-hmm. But the pressure does help to, you know, throw off some throws. But I don't think Chris Jones' presence was that needed in that game because the running game is what beat them, essentially. And then the play action was was working because of the running game. But, and yeah, bro, they missed Travis Kelsey for sure. Travis Kelsey is such a presence. It's not because he could do multiple things on the field. It's the game plan that the defensive coordinator they has to do because he's on the field. They can't figure him out. <laughs> can't figure him out, and they love, love giving plays for him. That's the whole offense runs yeah. through him. But don't get it wrong. They were still moving the ball. It was a lot. of That was the biggest thing. You look at the wide receiver core last year. They didn't have really big name. Juju wasn't really a huge presence. They still had Justin Watson. They just got Sky Moore. Um, they had the, they had Marquez Valdez Scantley uh, last year. He's not a number one guy. None of these guys are number one receivers. But they won the they won the champion the Super Bowl with this yeah. wide receiver core. Yes, they missed Travis Kelsey for sure. The game planning, the defense, a coordinator not you know losing sleep at night because of how are we going to stop him? But it was a lot of drops. That was the biggest thing. Pick six that changes the game. Kadarius Tony played his worst game of his career. I hope he turns it around. But that pick six, that's a touchdown gone, right? The defense that's was That's the one you really, really look really back well. on and yeah. like, uh, if that doesn't happen, might might be different. It, yeah, it's definitely different because the play action was working, but that was the whole game plan. If you – I think they were doing a great job. They started eventually stopping the run and making Goff try to beat him with his arm, which he's not that type of quarterback. So their game plan was working, and then the pick six happened, and then the drop passes was killing plays. Like back to back, Kadarius Tony dropped the pass, and then the back, and then Sky Moore dropped the pass. Yeah. Same, they did the same play. A myriad of mistakes. It was it was just a myriad of mistakes for them. Yeah. in the, in the opening game, and, and I and I do think like as when 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 Kelsey eventually comes back, and and they're gonna they're gonna eventually, I, I believe they're eventually gonna pay Chris Jones and be like, all right, we're we're gonna. We're gonna let, let you come back because yeah. they're, they're gonna. Well, they're gonna at the game. Yeah, they're gonna. He was at the game. He's like, oh, you guys yeah. miss me. <laughs> so I mean, I definitely, I definitely th- th- think that eventually is gonna happen. Um, 
And to you, like for the lot for the Lions, you know, they won six of, of their eight last games. They like they really finished the season strong and now they're able to beat the defending champs opening night. Like, what do you think about their potential this season? The running game was strong for them and and Goff, yeah. you know, he 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 turned it up in the second half. Uh I think they are going to lose a bunch of games. <laughs> and and you can clip this up too. They got I want I don't want to say lucky. And I know, you know, Dan Campbell, I love him as a head coach. He said they were built for this. There was a lot of mistakes that, you know, obviously is part of the game, but their secondary did not look as good as they thought they did. And Hutchison is going to be extremely gashed if he's the only one so rushing awesome. a pastor. You can't sustain that. And we saw that in this game. He was out at a couple series, and then they had to move him around. They didn't, they, they got no, they didn't get any sacks. They got a lot of pressures. Houston came close with added, nipping at his legs, but he still got it off. Mm. So if Hutchison is the only person that y'all have to rush the passer, and Houston is supposed to be the other guy, they, you know, it's going to be a long season for them. And Patrick Mahomes, they play a lot of mobile quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes is only the first one. So yeah, they had trouble. Up. You got more coming yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. They had trouble keeping him in the pocket. Yeah, they had a lot of pressures. They got to him a couple times to where the throw was off a little bit. But majority of the time, those drop passes killed the drives. Yeah. And he was getting out of pocket. He was standing in place. He was getting first downs. Again, this is not the, the first mobile, mobile, mobile quarterback and a standing quarterback they're going to play. Because they have they, they have like two they play in their own division. <laughs> Just in your own division. You got to see those guys. <laughs> Jordan Love. <laughs> so it, they, they look they look okay. Yeah. They got, I'm, I'm going to say, they got lucky in this game. There's a lot of miscues, a lot of things. If their game plan is running the football and play action, they're going to get killed eventually. Yeah. They're going to lose a lot of ball games. And that secondary was, was even without Travis Kelsey, they were still – I love, I love, I love, uh, you know, Gartner because he's a Florida guy. He's like, we're not the same team. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are, pal. You got exposed. That second day got exposed, and that that the front seven got exposed. Yeah. You know, so I, they're going to lose a bunch of ball games. They haven't. They're going to have trouble with mobile quarterbacks. They need to find another guy who's going to rush the passer. Rush defense was was okay. I mean. Chiefs is not a big running running team. They like to throw a bunch of yeah. misdirection. They, you know, depend on their wide receivers a lot. Yeah, so a lot of smoke and mirrors. Anywho, Savon I feel like is a fall for the bait. I love it. Savon is a fall for the bait. Everybody's no. like Lions, watch out. No, like, absolutely oh, come not. On, come on, <laughs> Hutchinson, bro. He was out for like two series, bro, because he was so <laughs> he was gassed. gassed. He was gassed. Yeah. yeah, they got to find that. another rush to pasture. Yeah, I don't understand why other people haven't like said this. Full scope is the first one, guys. Oh, baby, <laughs> where you need to go to first. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and now moving on to our to our next topic. You know, what team in the NFL will, will, will be kind of a surprise team this season? And the Steelers really stand out to me because I mean they made a lot of moves this oh, this off season. Yeah. Um, Kenny Pickett has progressed a lot. A they also re- re- rebuilt their linebacker group, cornerback group, and offensive line. And I feel yeah. as they, they play fundamentally sound football and the defense has gotten more solid. If you have a quarterback who can kind of play mistake-free free football at times, that can, that can accumulate wins. And I think they can be one of those teams. The AFC North to me is the best. I was, talk, I was talking to, to Mr. Reco Battles about this a couple about a week ago. I think that that's the best division in football. You got the Browns, you got the Ravens. Um, 
the, the, the Steelers as well, as well. And I mean, the Bengals, I feel as though that it's going to be such a tough division because some, some people think three teams can get in the playoffs out of that specific division. And I mean, that mm-hmm. would be extremely packed. So I think that one's going to be very interesting to see who comes on, on top of that division. But to you, who do you think it could be the surprise team this year? Yeah, that was that was very interesting. AFC North is the the best division. Best I I, th- I think it is. I think it is. Hey, we'll man. see. We'll see though. Hey, this this, this, this is the week one, it's so we're we're getting off our high takes. <laughs> and by the end, it may look horrible. Say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I I, I like the I, I like the confidence. I mean, anywho. I think that's a good good thing to say. I just don't, you know, because I'm I'm a bit biased. Yeah, and I'm not going to say my t- <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say my team who's going to be the most you know team that's going to surprise gonna be good. a lot of they people. Should, they should be competitive too, though. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I have faith in Jordan Love. It's but anywho, I think the Seattle Seahawks is going to surprise a lot of people. They, like you said, with the the Steelers, they answer a lot of questions. They got some some the, the secondary uh, refurbished. They got a, a lot of defensive line, you know, rotating in and out. They got some 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 depth. But I love the wide receiver core they went and got. the The running game was already answer with Kenneth Walker. Yeah. And then you go, you still have Tyler Luck. You go get Jackson. You you get uh, Jake Bobo. The offensive line is better. Uh, Damian Lewis is still banged up, but he's still ready to play. Mm-hmm. Your first game of the season is against the Rams, who has one of the best defensive line core in the National Football League. Right. So this is the test. I think you guys can beat them. I don't think Matthew Stafford is ready to play. I think their wide receiver core has hit a dip. You, Cooper Cup is not Cooper Cup anymore, like we said Man. last year. Um, it's a difference to keep that consistency of wide receivers. So I think the Seattle Seahawks, they, they made a nice run last year, just you know, came up short, but I, I think they answered a lot of questions. So I'm eager to see what this wide receiving core is and what that secondary is going to do. They look really, really good. For sure. So I'm ready. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and to you, for, for week one, um, getting into like the most intriguing uh, first game, the Bengals and Browns is, is one that stands out to me. I, I feel as though uh, that could be an interesting matchup to start off a division. Yeah. The, the division matchups in week one are always interesting. Um, to, to, to you, is there is there a certain matchup that, that, that kind of stands out to you? Start, I mean, I can't even forget Buffalo Jets is probably going to be one of the highest viewed yeah, that's <laughs> Monday night one. games ever. Everybody's going to be hyped for that one. Is, is there a particular one that stands out for you? Cowboys Giants, man. So looking at both squads, just looking at Parsons, man, and how he was in just OTAs and training camp and preseason, he just looked like, ooh. Yeah. But Giants off his line has been better. They they drafted a lot of great guys, and I'm I'm eager to go to see what the trenches are gonna look like. You re-sign uh Saquon Barkley, you got some some young guys, you get Waller from uh, the Raiders. It's a lot of things, and, and I'm still I'm still not a fan of Daniel Jones getting extended and drafting Daniel Jones in the first yeah. place. <laughs> there. But I think the wide receiver core is good enough, and I want to see what the Cowboys is all about. Dak Prescott, bro, they just brought another quarterback in. Where's your mind? Send you a message. <laughs> Send you a message. Hey, man. Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> Clock's running right, out. Man. Hey, look, bro. We just paid you. You can have another I playoff loss to the 49ers. <laughs> that's your situation. That's, that's bonkers, man. But now it's a new sheriff in town. He's the number one guy, Pollard. Like, it's a lot of things. It's, and 
is this offense still the same? Yeah. <laughs> Smith didn't look great in training camp. He was getting, I mean, it's Parsons, but he didn't look great in training camp. They still don't want to re-sign Martin. They just re-signed one of their, uh, well, Stan Martin or give him a new contract, but they just re-signed another offensive lineman. So is this offensive line still the same? Can Pollard be the that number one guy? I know he's an every down back, but can he, can he be that number one guy consistently for 16 games? Well, 17 games, excuse me. So I think that matchup is going to be really, really good. It is a division rival. I'm I'm loving this week one. It's a bunch of great games. Yeah, it's gonna be good. It's good. It's gonna be a good. And and Packers Bears. Packers Bears just to start off. Week See, one. I don't want to be biased. Yeah, but I had to mention. I know. I know you didn't want to. But I had to mention that's gonna be. A- <laughs> man, I can't wait for that game. Yeah, man. we're gonna shock a lot of people. Definitely. Um, and now moving on to to thoughts on Nick Bosa becoming the highest paid defensive player. The 49ers and Bosa have agreed to a five year, 170 million extension that will make him the highest paid non quarterback in NFL history. And the extension includes 122.5 million guaranteed. I feel as though everybody knew they eventually they know they know how valuable Nick Bosa is. That's the guy you have to have. Um, what did you think about this news and also what Nick Bosa can do? I mean, what he always does for this yeah. um, for for San Francisco and how the 49ers can look this year. Yeah. So one year, obviously, we know 2020 he didn't play, got injured. Uh, but his first year, he had nine sacks as a rookie. And then this year he comes back off the injury, 15 and a half sacks, 18 yeah. and a half sacks. So he's steady climbing and he's going to be in his prime in about a year or so. So he's still he's still not in his prime, just say. He's only been in the league four years. So that fifth, sixth year is when that's you when set yourself settling. apart. Yeah. yeah, that's when, I mean, I, you know, I hate to use, you know, his counterpart in J.J. Watt. I want to use his brother. His brother's already in his prime. I mean, come on. Nick is just a beast, man. <laughs> But that's what J.J. Watt was. His fifth, sixth year, he starts, you know, setting himself apart. Nick mm-hmm. is the same way, you know, set himself apart. So I think it was a great pickup. You need that guy. He's been a – a and he, without him, that front seven won't be the same. Obviously, no, Fred Warner is no. one of the best linebackers in the league, man. The man is a oh, – I don't want – even if I were for him, that's one guy I'm like, bro, I really don't want to block. <laughs> like, he's so shifty, but yeah. – I think what a what a be, what a play for them to be able to to get him and extend him and do a contract and everybody was on the same page. He makes their defense better. That defense has been really really good for the past four years since he's been in the league. So I think they're they're on to something. Offense is going to get there. Obviously they're juggling quarterbacks. They think Purdy is the guy, but I think that was a, a great move. But we still need to say, hey, y'all fumbled on that Trey Lance. We're not going to let you slide. I'm with Man. Ryan Clark, bro. Yes. I'm with Ryan Clark. Definitely. Why are we giving them, bro, <laughs> John Lynch, what's going on? What's going, yeah, come, come on, John. Come on, John. <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, man. man. <laughs> Some of these decisions, bro. <laughs> it's weird. Very weird, bro. Yeah. Y'all traded up and then got rid of the man after, well, you know. Shady business. <laughs> shady business. <laughs> Very shady, bro. That's crazy. It's going to be a new 30 for 30 in about 20 years. Why did they change? <laughs> you know, it's going to happen. I'll watch it. Yeah, I would definitely I'll watch it. <laughs> <clears throat> and before we get to our album reviews, um, dealing with Rich Paul's comments on, on kind of, you know, the hypothetical oh. of the media treating, you know, uh, Steph better if he had won the bubble title compared to LeBron's treatment. You know, he, he recently had this interview on Gills Arena. And, and I, and I watched, uh, watched some of the interview, listened to it. Um, really, really interesting interview. And yeah, yeah I mean, Rich Paul has a lot of business gems. He's a really smart, uh, a sharp and smart guy and is taking care of a lot mm-hmm. of his agents. But 
you know, he brought up the, and, and I almost saw, I saw the LeBron bias coming in when he brought up the Steph thing. Cause he was like, I mean, what if Steph won the bubble title? I mean, you guys wouldn't have been criticizing him. And so I was just, it was a, it was a great point, it was a, but it was a great, great point. point. It though. really was though, because I, I, I really feel as though LeBron's team that 2016 year that Steph won the unanimous MVP. They were just like, man, if we hear about Steph one more time, like LeBron just, just beat him in the finals. Like they just felt like they were getting annoyed, but, in terms of that public perception, because we know Steph is one of the, the the media's beloved stars and just just beloved stars yeah. in general, um, what did you think about that point Rich Paul made and maybe some of the, some of the validity of it? Why did they have Jennings on there? That's what I was mad at. Everybody else is valid. Yeah, yeah, and I was Jennings. They was there. It's like it kind of just like uh, I don't know. And he's talking the most. He was, that's nah, what I was saying. Bro. He was the. I'm like, can you guys chime? <laughs> you were trash. You was getting busted up your entire oh, career. This bro. guy was making the most questions, asking the most questions. <laughs> right, bro. You ain't never been to a playoffs, probably. Come on, now. you had a low NBA next to Rich Paul, and you get asked all the. <laughs> <laughs> right, bro. Um, but I think it was valid, bro. I think that title and in, in that finals in the bubble, I think, like he said, I think it was harder it's because tough. of what it's tough. It is, I mean, fans electrified, but Jennings was like not adding to his to to this case and was irrelevant. I mean, one, I mean, fans really don't deter a player from doing anything, bro. They're locked in, man. Yeah. They're locked in. So Obviously, fans are really loud. It's not like football where it's a snap count, bro. <laughs> like, what are we talking about here, bro? Yeah, it's electrifying when they dunk. It's cool. But I think it was harder just given the circumstance. Man, that was a conconcentration camp low-key. They were forced to play basketball. Not yeah, forced. COVID I hate tested every Yeah, day. COVID testing. I mean, obviously, it was, you know. All George mentioned it. It, felt, it, it. it really yeah. felt like just a confined, confined environment. Yeah, and sometimes that mess with your mental, or you go to the strip club like J.R. Smith did. <laughs> you leave because you, you they're not used to that. It's a new environment. It was like, oh, the environment is different. It's worse, bro. Yeah, you can't leave if you get te- if you get positive. You gotta go. Oh, you you gotta dip. You, you gotta got dip. to go. Yeah. So I think I think the environment was different, but I think it's valid. If they would have won, nobody would have batted an eye. But it's LeBron James. Everybody hates to hate. Mm-hmm. Will love to hate LeBron James. And I think it was valid. If they were talking about, oh no, we would nah, bro. If it would have been, oh man, they won it again, bro. It's the dynasty. No, since LeBron won it and they won it in a bubble. Just think about that. They won it in a bubble. Like people make fun of it. They're like, oh, it was the it was the Disney ring. It was the Mickey Mouse ring. Like they they dissed that title so bro, much. But I'm insane. like, he was. I mean, that was a tough environment environment to be in. Locked in, bro. Yeah. So Wayne are your mental. No you don't have that. No asterisk yeah. in my opinion. No asterisk. That's still a title. Yeah. It's still a title. Still a title. Definitely. And he has yeah, yeah. Lakers For sure. all day, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and now getting to our first album review with Victoria Monet's uh, Jaguar 2. Um, in her new project, you know, there's a lot of solid down-tempo songs, but Monet's, you know, really at her best when she's having fun and loose with the tempo. Her wordplay is always at a strength and she infuses it with witty one-liners. And her, her songwriting to me is always so strong. She, she, she's so gifted with it. Um, there was a good mix of songs here. I, I thought it was a solid project. I feel as though Victoria Monet is one of those people I know where I'm going to get from her, from, from her and, and it's going to sound like quality music. And not saying it's, one of you know, it's the best R and B album I've heard this year, but but I do think it was, yeah. it was a good album. 
I I think I enjoyed it. Um, only one song made it to my library. I thought it it sounded like everybody else. She didn't really stand out to me. Like the the songwriting was beloved, but it was just like she sounded like every other artist that I've listened to this year and last year. And I think the only song I say was "I'm the One." I thought that was a really smooth track. I thought it was really dope. But I, I I think I enjoyed it. I don't think it's something I'll go back. Obviously, only one song I say, but I don't think I'll go back and re-listen to it. I like Maida's last Just, album. It's not like what I heard from Maida. Maida. Yeah, no, Maida's album Everybody, was fire. It's like I, I saw I saw I saw Joe Budden say it. He's like, it's hard for me to like another R and B album after listening to what Maida did. It just yeah, like it was so different. So different. Like I want to hear different. Yeah. <laughs> like it was. It wasn't what I was expecting because of some of the songs in her EP, and I was like, oh my gosh, she has so much range. Yes. She's so versatile. It was so many songs. I'm like, wow. She can do that. Barely like, had any her album was saved, really saved. I'm gonna start and become it. And obviously, I always got to give you your flowers, bro. Didn't know about it until you presented her. Now I'm starting a becoming fan. I listen to her EP all the time. <laughs> EP is fire. <laughs> yes, bro. It's really dope, bro. I love uh, So yeah, Vic- Victoria's was it was it was okay. okay. I think I enjoyed it, but. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. I'm sorry. Maida yeah. set the bar. She set the bar Maida. this year. Bro. It's, it's, hey, I would look. be stunned if it's. I would be stunned if it's not in my end of the year favorite albums. I would be stunned. Yeah. It should be nominated. It should be. Yes, we got to talk about that. It should be we nominated. Talk about that. Yeah, it, she, it I think be. she's gained. She's gained that uh, notoriety now to be able to say, "Hey, Put me in that she list. should be up for at least." I won't say a Grammy. Say a Grammy. She's not there yet. Yeah. But you, you know, have, like, more star notoriety. Yeah, star story. Yeah, I think she's enough for some type of award now. Yeah, especially with Joe Joe Budden, who thinks he's just a, the music genius, one hit wonder. Oh, Sorry, oh, battle rapper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I only know that song because of you guys, sir. <laughs> I love how, how I love how. how when Drake dissed him, he started the song off with with a, with a no shot pump. pump. <laughs> he is so he is so <laughs> bro. And the funny thing, they start they talked about the diss, yeah. like, bro, who does this, man? But yeah, um, I'm yeah, not a one hit wonder. They know all my stuff. He just was going. <laughs> I was like, that is so savage. <laughs> uh, he always uses people's songs against him, yeah. especially P Diddy. Oh, uh, Calabasas for me. Oh my goodness, one of my favorite timestamp tracks. From- <laughs> hey, bro, why does Drake always just implement? That's like, we, so we talk about we're other not, albums. We're not even talking. We got to Drake. This guy is just oh, unescapable. Man, <laughs> man um, I tell you what, these lights are hot, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I am sweating. Uh, all, of, oh. all of the lights. <laughs> <laughs> all of the light. <laughs> yeah all right um all right. and getting started to our next review with, with the artist archives um in this new album uh the rising artist from new york new jersey blends her stories and it's kind of like slow tempo and, and heartfelt tracks and, and she's kind of you know a newer artist um trying to make her name known in, 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 a, in, a, in a certain sense and, and, and kind of just um put herself in that kind of like a uh, different r&b r&b spotlight and just 
get get some some notoriety um in a unique way. But but what did you think about this album? Um, I heard heard one of her singles, and it, it's interesting because she she does have um different types of, of of song structure in it. But I do feel as though she's there's still room for improvement. She she can she can kind yeah. of expand on things. I think this was yeah. this was a good start. But my one takeaway was like she can there's there's more things she can work on for future projects. Yeah, I, I the first song I've heard of her was Sober that yeah. she released this and um when you put this on I was like, "Oh, I didn't know she was coming out with a with a project." So I do I do think she has room to improve, but I do think she's onto something with her own sound. I mean, production is similar, but I think her voice and that slight raspiness of her singing, I think it's totally different. It's, it's creating a sound that no one can 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 like duplicate or match or emulate, whatever. I think she's on the right path, but I do believe she has room to improve, especially with, um, I think with concepts, she's already there, her name in itself, and yeah. then also the, the name of the project. But I think with concept of constructing songs and being more versatile in certain certain aspects of her music, can definitely can she, she can she can do better in that. But I think she's on the right path. I enjoyed it. I saved it. The whole what's called I can listen to it straight through. Yeah, it's a straight through um, project. It's a straight through project. Yeah, it's a it's a definitely a vibe vibe uh, project. And I think yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, okay, these songs are these songs are good. Like I think she can construct it she well can get together. into that groove. Yeah, they, they complement mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, Definitely. but I think yeah, I think it was solid, very solid. Absolutely. Um, and I'll get into our next review with Terrace Martin and James Fontoura's Nova. Um, in this new EP, the duo brings us through a a smooth listen, and it's a type of project where it leaves you wanting more. And overall, it just has a sweeping nature to it and very rich. I mean, this is to me perfect driving music. Music I want to uh, just have on it at any point. I think these two just it just, it just sounded smooth overall. I I, I really I really like how it sounded. I, I feel as though it was a good. Um, a good like breezy type of EP, and he's giving me same Ozzy giving me that 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 type of skeptical piece. So I'm gonna let him cook. <laughs> nah, I keep going, brother. Keep no, but going, nah, brother. I, I felt as though it, it was it was a smooth listen, and and I and I, and I like I like the kind of the, the collaborative nature of it, and, and, I, and I thought it was solid a sol- solid replay re- replay value. Solid solid replay value. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, I think I love the production and the liveness of it more than I love the main guy's okay. uh, lyrics. I think it got, it got redundant. It was just like low key, like weird. I don't know if you <laughs> say that. Yeah. Like weird. Cause his Cause lyrics like was the, the live instrumentation. I like, like you mentioned that the live instrumentation of it. I think that was one of the main, was really dope. that was so fire. And that we, well, always, we always song, say that we want yeah. more artists to do that. And they, they did that. Yeah, it was that was amazing. It was just I can't get like funky with his lyrics and like how he brought the song to together in a sense. But I love the the live inf- instrumentation, the beat, like the production of it. I think James is such a a underrated uh singer. So good. And man. you know, an artist, but the other guys, I think what I wasn't gelling with, I didn't, I didn't like his style. So you would you would have kind of preferred like a solo James Fontoray project. I don't think he would have been. I don't think with I don't that know if he would have been as good. Been, yeah, I don't know if he would have yeah, been as good because no. I, I kind of want like a the, solo James Fontoray with like just traditional 
an, a, a yeah. traditional R&B feel to it. And, and it's been, have we ever? Does he, he even have that? a solo? Yeah, James he's always album. like he's always killing like features. Collab- but I'm like, can you yeah. just give us something by yourself? Something? Are you afraid? <laughs> can you do it? Uh, but no, I just I just was a vibe with the other dude. I can't remember his Terrence name. James. Terrence James. Terrence James. Just like. Terrence Sorry, Terrence. <laughs> Terrence, <laughs> Terrence James. No, no, no. Terrence Mark. Terrence Yo, Mark. we have been. There are so many albums where we are can... <laughs> They're running together, bro. But I mean, outside of that, the production was like really good. Yeah. I didn't save it, though. Definitely. Um, and, and now getting to our next review with Black Milk's Everybody Good. Um, this new project is extremely well balanced, and Black Milk uses you know every feature to its maximum usage. The contributions in the sonic direction were a perfect match throughout. Um, and, and, I, and I feel as though this, this was a, a really good, um, really good project. Um, I think the the songs were were structured very well together. Um, it, it felt like the type of album where it, it takes some more time to listen to, like fully understand everything. I think uh, Fonte had a, an amazing uh, feature. I feel I feel as though with, with the, ver- the guest feature that he had, it was a really um, high level verse. Um, but to you, what did you think about this this project and just um, some of the features that were on it and, and how it sounded, you know, um, for, for, from start to end. So I thought it was dope. I think it was the instrumentation, the beat, the production was really good. I love the flow of the album. Yeah, it flowed. I think okay. it got, I think it got better at the tail end um, where the features are more heavy. Like I love the feature with Mick Jenkins. I love that. Um, there is, yeah, I think that the, the second half of the project is 12 songs, but I think the second half of the project was better than the first half. But I love the funkiness of it. Uh, yeah, this is something like a vibe, like you, you can ride around in it, you could play it and just let it vibe out and listen to it straight through. I only listened to it once. Um, that was last week. So I'm going to try to listen to it again to see if it has the same effect. So, but for right now, I liked it. Um, I didn't know a dude was named Black Milk. Okay. <laughs> I was thinking, like, right. Savon's gonna be like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> interesting artist name. <laughs> Black Milk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's what we want. Not, not chocolate milk. Black Milk. <laughs> not chocolate. I was about to say, the name was right there for you, bro. <laughs> it is on it's... chocolate milk, sir. <laughs> Black, Black Milk. milk. <laughs> it's like dark. Oh. <laughs> And it is, it is no milk in sight of this thing. <laughs> Just you standing awkwardly. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Don't copyright this black man. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Man. Um, and, and, and I'll get into our next view with, with Gucci Man and, and J. Cole and White Michael made it. There I go. Um, in this new single, you know, there are subtle pu- uh, punchlines thrown out by both rappers. Um, old school deliveries used as well. And this is um, another single for Gucci Man's upcoming album in October. Uh, bro, I didn't like this single. I didn't like it. Right. I didn't like the single with J. Cole. I don't, he never needs to try to do a, a song like this again. Bro, this, this was a... And, and, and a lot of... We, there's a lot of singles that, that come out that, that we don't talk about. But when, when it's J. Cole on it, I was interested. I mean, like, like how's this going to sound? I didn't. I don't need J. Cole to do another single like this again. <laughs> I don't need... This is, this is a throwaway. This is a throwaway one. Let me... I got I to gotta say this, bro. Has J. Cole, well, Axis, has J. Cole fallen off? Oh, no. Like, every single 
or feature he's done, like that little Dirk feature. That song oh, was that song. trash. This was trash. Yeah. I went and re-listened to Boss and his song. You were right. I told you. Trash. I told you. <laughs> trash. It's not a good song. <laughs> the, his last album. I like that. I did not like, bro. I did not. And I, I'm i a fan. Yeah, He's in I my know. top five. We reviewed a bunch of it. KOD, yeah. Oh, I love KOD yes. to this day. Really good. Yeah. I, we gotta, we, I, we, I we gotta, gotta, we gotta mention that. Yeah, we, we, we gotta talk about it because I do think when I saw this, when I saw this, um, when I heard about this single, listened to it a couple of times, I'm like, this is not quality. This is not quality lyricism from J. Cole. You expect better from J. Cole. Like, I hold J. Cole to a certain standard and a certain tier. And for multiple tracks, like I told you, like, even that when I heard that Boswell, I was like, I was expecting like something like Tribe or Night Job. Like, this is not the J. Cole I'm used to. I know. I know it's unfair to always hold artists to a certain standard, but when you've kind of delivered it, I'm expecting yeah. you to kind of at least get exactly. close to that. Now you don't have to be identical because yeah. artists change through time, but at least get close to that. And I don't think he's done that. That's spot on, bro. If we're saying you're one of the best artists in this decade for the past 10 years, there's a standard. Yeah. We we hold everybody to it. Kendrick Lamar has been delivering besides Just that one. Well, they Hillbilly song yeah. with his cousin. I wonder if, if he drops goes. that collab album with Baby Keem if you're gonna like it because they keep saying that, that might be the first. <laughs> Baby Keem is is nice, yeah. bro. Yeah, he is. He's he. Don't get me wrong, Baby Keem is nice. That song was just like yeah, extremely weird. Away. Yeah, it was just playing like, bro. We should just release it, bro. They gonna like it regardless. It's just us. <laughs> it's you, it's us, man. I love how do Us, dude. They're gonna love it. Um, <laughs> But we hold Drake to the standard. Drake, I, and I, I do the same thing with Drake. The, the one of those, the last two. That's what. That's what I'm hoping for. All the dogs. His dad. See, we always. Okay, call yeah, we got to. We got to talk about it. Yeah, I, I was. I was waiting to see like when we we're gonna talk about it. It wasn't now. Uh, September twenty second. He, he had the old throw. I like how he did that. The old throwback video uh, 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 with his dad singing. What like in terms of the fact that we're we're gonna be getting a couple a couple weeks away, and I like the fact that he didn't do it like the night of or the week of he did it like okay i'm gonna give you guys some time a couple weeks in advance to, to build the hype up more like do, do you like like what, what are you kind of wanting from that because we've mentioned for all the dogs a lot but what are you kind of wanting from this album um a, a couple weeks out so i i want to say he's going to give us the same formula essentially right yeah for sure but it has to be that the, the good mood music that music from you know, you know, take care. Freaking, um, nothing will thank you. Nothing it's was so, the same. Like late night, even you. Yes, drive. bro. <laughs> I was just songs I just can't escape. <laughs> I even love the album before all the other stuff. Um, the the the, the last the certified, um, lover certified lover boy. Yo, I still can I, listen can I to just that say, album. Can I just say there are so many good songs on that album? Like pipe Absolutely. down, get along Pi- Oh my Fans. goodness, bro! <laughs> what he said about Rihanna, that's I was like, bro, this is great. bro. <laughs> he was still I killing even it. He was still killing it. I even started liking a song with Kid Cudi on there. Oh yes, that's a, that's a hit. That's a, even CL, we got to mention his solo albums. You know, I, I, I like for the for the majority of the part have all been good. CLB is really good music. Yes, really good music, really good music bro. So I, we know we're gonna get the same from him. He's gonna give us Houston. He's gonna give us some some reggae dancehall. He's gonna give us some like really like 
uh, freestyle Wushcombs, just him just flowing for I'm like three friends. minutes. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna get that. Like not not knife talk, but um, remorse. Was it the remorse, remorse, bro? Amazing. He He's was just still dropping stupid. tracks like that. He's still dropping tracks like that. Yes, <laughs> outros like his, that, the outros bro. like that. Yeah. <laughs> This last, I know he's like, he's in a ram where I could just like, you know, experiment and do whatever I want. But I think. It sounds locked in for this one. He really yeah. loves this one. His pops even said like, bro, I listened to it. I really liked it. Because sometimes, I, it's so many stories of him. His dad was like, yeah, you heard, you listened to my album. He's like, yeah, I heard it. And he was like, what's all these? You're like, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you, son. <laughs> I didn't listen to it. Yo, it was that that track, Losses, that that, that, that he like like put a, a sample of his dad saying something off Darkland demo tapes. And he said, it's a, oh, you, yeah, hear, yeah, you hear yeah. that one? He's like, I didn't even listen to that album. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, it's so funny. So, and then I think somebody said, uh, Yachty listened to it. And he said, Yachty said it was like, it verses. sounds like it's current. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm bro, eager, bro. I, and I'm not I'm, even trying, I'm not even trying to uh, assume stuff, but everything we've been hearing about this album sounds like it's really good. It's gonna be, so, so we, we can't assume, but there's been high praise even, even for, for like the insider people. And I think, okay, one expectation before we move on. I want this album to dethrone his top three. It's getting clipped. <laughs> can, 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 he, can he do it? What is like, his top three to you? Oh, Take Care. Nothing Was the Same. And um, Views, bro. Yeah, Views is... I, views I, I would just, put... He was in a different era. In there, but... Uses. Yeah. But that's not an album. Actually, if you're in this too, it, too late, it's a mixtape, but. Yeah. Well, yeah. But no, no, no. Actually, we'll put that in there. Nothing. I mean, uh, if his reading this is too late, I still think that's an album. That's He was in a different realm. It was too. so funny. He was Uses. talking He was talking to Noel on one of his radio shows, and uh, if uh, Noel was saying, that's not an album, he said, no. Jake was like, bro, that's an album. If you're reading this later, the album, he said, yo, they labeled it as a mixtape. <laughs> So, which is weird. So weird. <laughs> this is extremely weird. I I view it as a, a album because yeah. it it doesn't sound like a mixtape. Mixtape Monopoly. It's not like <laughs> mixtape has that that overall like um like that ambiance of it. It's loud. It's so many people talking. There's a lot of songs that don't go together. And I'm Nothing, still biased. I mean, I'm still biased toward Thank Me Later as well because that's some, Thank Me Later is definitely top five, bro. Yeah. You could thank me now. I was listening to that song last night, bro. That's I just love the no, outros. Yeah. I just love the outros where he's just no. no. <laughs> Shoot the calm, bro. Like oh he, my god, I want yeah. It's so much music that he's dropped, bro. So, you can't deny how two, two good weeks he is. out. We're gonna see if this can can be in that in to that top album. it. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be dope. Um, and now getting to our last review with Coco O's low key, let it go. Um, in her latest single, which she co-wrote with uh, Johannesburg uh, Wamberg and. Features production by collaborators August Rosenbaum and Marcus Gordon. Uh, this song is about Coco facing a lover who refuses to accept her love. And um, it, it's interesting because she has been putting out a lot of singles recently. She, she's going to, I believe she's going to be putting out a, a new EP this Friday. So she's been trying to put put together a lot of these types of tracks into it and and, and put together like a more concise uh, type of project. Uh, what did you yeah. think about the single and, and kind of, you know, what direction her EP could be? It was okay. Um heard better from her. Yeah. The the last couple of things that we wrote for her was a lot better. Yeah, bro. It's it's not the same. I, I can't pinpoint it. Um I think the writing is there. I think the writing I think but just it's the how whole, it sounds. 
yes, the production, how it's, well, we were figuring it out as we go, right? Um, the reduction, how it's constructed, like her her ad-libs, sometimes like how she sets up her verses and her chorus. Like, I don't know, maybe she could try more free form. Like sometimes you, like, I, I want to hear her do a, a like a whole EP of interludes. I think she'll be really dope she with some interludes. I think it'd be really dope, but I, I don't think the I don't think it's the writing. It's just how it's like you know put together. How do they construct the entire song? And sometimes how it's mixed and mastered as well. But I I wasn't really feeling this one. Definitely, definitely room for improvement for it. And I, and I think um that this this upcoming um this upcoming week we'll, we'll see if she can kind of um, <coughs> arrange it in, in a in a in a better way. Um, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back with our how to blow up a pipeline review. Welcome back to the show. Now we're getting into our How to Blow Up a Pipeline review. And to start off with the overview, How to Blow Up a Pipeline is a 2022 action thriller film directed by Daniel Goldenbar, who co-wrote the screenplay with Ariel Abera and Jordan Solo. The film follows a fictional group of eight young individual individuals who decide to blow up an oil pipeline at two key locations. The production of the, the film spanned 19 months from conception to completion, with principal photography taking place in New Mexico. Brought in Niners with $24,052 in the box office, had a 94% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And what were your initial thoughts? I mean, we mentioned last week this was an indie film that, I mean, it delivers a high-stakes eco-thriller, and it's ignited by, you know, riveting and complex anti-heroes. Yeah, it was uh, obviously, uh, I, I felt like it was a great film. You could tell it was an indie film. Yes. I think the 94% is well- It's worth it. Well, just, it's yeah, worth it's it. worth it. I think they did it justice. I think finally Ryan Tomato got something right. <laughs> Good job, Ryan Tomato. <laughs> Man, not not a big cast, not a well known cast. It's probably one or two guys that you'll say, "Oh yeah, I remember them from something, something." But for them to be able to bring this, like, not even a D list class together, the screenplay, the the Westcom was so simplistic. Obviously, we've seen these type of movies before, but I think it had a, a different twist to it that I really like. I think the most, I think human nature, human element of the screenplay is what stood out the most. Like yes. everybody came with the the same. Uh, same mindset. They still felt. I mean, even one of them was like, "I don't, I don't know if it, it seemed like they didn't want to do it." But it's like, "Are you, are you telling me you don't want to do it?" Like, "No, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do I'm it. I'm with it." But no, I just love the like the human side of it. That they obviously they thought they were doing it for a great purpose, but the, the amount of it takes to sacrifice your own life for right. a, yeah. a movement. And a lot of people say that's radical. A lot of people say that's crazy. But to be able to sacrifice yourself for a movement, and I don't think this was a crazy bit. I don't think I would do it. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> but I'm out I on that was, one. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. But I thought it was a good film. But it really left a lot of clean, uh, cliffhangers as well. Yes. That I really liked. I was like, okay, so y'all y'all gearing up to do another one. Okay, all right. So you you testing the water to see. The closing okay, scene so, showed you that. The closing scene yes. showed you that. Yeah. I want to know who they is. I mean, that's not perfect <laughs> English, but you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> I want to know. Um, and, and, and that's a before we get to our first topic. It's always interesting when you have a, like you said, a cast that it's even with a screenplay. It's, it's simplistic. They're not trying to do too much, but mm-hmm. they have this great idea. Like, what do you think a director has to think about when he when he's when he knows he has a unique idea? But he's also like, I'm not going to do too much with the visuals and with the people I'm bringing in. That's the the whole. That's what 
the M over indie film is, right? And also just understanding what your resources are. Right. It doesn't have to take a freaking full-blown screenplay that's going to be like, oh, we're going to do... Like, no. <laughs> it was so simplistic and moved along, but it was... I think it was shot well, and I think it was written really well. Yeah. And I think they... Obviously, they didn't need a A-lister or a B-lister or a C-lister to bring this film out. I think these... I think everybody gel well together and the characters gel well together. I think this was well-written. I think that was the, the biggest... The writing thing. was top-notch. This was yeah. top-notch top writing. They could have shot this on an iPhone 9. <laughs> <laughs> which is non-existent, but an XR <laughs> or something. Like that one film we reviewed, I forgot what it was. It was shot on an iPhone. Oh, it was... Um, I can't remember what it was. the basketball agent. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was shot on an iPhone. This could have been shot on an iPhone, and I think it would have still... It would have still been a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's how great it was written. And it, when you write a great script... Sometimes you need the actor, like you know, we, we watched Qu- Quentin Tarantino say he was looking for the right guy for Inglorious. Ba- I mean, you know, Glory's Stashsters. We, I, bro, I've literally we got to <laughs> review that film. We got to review that film because I have been watching. I watched that so much. I'm like, <laughs> I wonder if Savon has seen it. <laughs> I watched bits and pieces of it. It's really funny. It's funny. He's like, <laughs> he was like, yeah, I speak Italian. <laughs> But you know, speaking of he was like, Gabriel. And then other dude was saying somebody name five times. That was yeah. super funny. Was so but he was like, it was so hard to find the character who could fit the general who speaks all these languages and all these things. And he finally found, he was like, did I write it too good? I can't find anybody to play. So sometimes when you write a great screenplay, you need that right actor to bring it out. But in this yeah. case, it was written so well, so simplistic that anybody could play this role and bring it out and be a 94% on Ryan Tomatoes. That's tough not, to do. That's really tough to do. Absolutely. Um, and now getting to our to our first topic from one of four stars, what would you give it? I mean, I would go with four because I think it's an extremely um, emphatic, passion, passionate movie and it moves toward a sense of urgency as the, as the movie builds up to a zenith. And I, I just love the build up. I love um, the the character, um, just introductions that they had and in, in, in showing each person's story um, before they get to the climax of the movie. Uh, from one of four stars, what would be your particular rating? I think you to four, two. Just it was written so well, and then and then have to have this to be shot well. And a lot of films get by how they shoot it, the action in it, and the screenplay and the monologue. I thought the monologue was really good. Dialogue was really good. Um, I think all around this film checked so many boxes. And like I said, it could have been shot on an iPhone. 14, 13, max. Not uh, every movie can be shot like The Last Black Man in San Francisco was, which we love. You remember, oh that, remember, my yeah, you remember that film? That, that film yes, was the It's Oh, man. I want to meet him and just pick his brain on how, yeah. like how he That's got all that to. together. Yeah. yeah, bro. He shot that really well. So, yeah, I give it four stars. Uh, um, if they bring out a sequel, I hope I mean, they get like I mean, backing and the money so they can like bring it out. But I hope that doesn't take away from the writing, which I don't think it would. Because yeah, it, like, do you think yeah. if it was a bigger production, like it would still have the same type of quality writing? M- maybe because some, you know, some companies. I don't want it to be one of those to... like massive productions where like every the world knows it, and then we. We're like, man, it wasn't as good as the first one. That was like right. more for us. Because <laughs> it's a lot of nitpicking. Like, yeah. I think you should change this. Oh, no, we're going to bring more writers in here. No. 
if they do, I I want it to be like a Quentin Tarantino, like, mm, like, like he, ch- he his right. You don't change my writing. This mm. is mine's. You just back me with your money, okay? Um, and I, <laughs> I hope it's just like that because he's a fire. He's a fireball, bro. He believes it. That's why he does strategic writing and directing the movies that he wants to, you know, put out into the world. And if that's the case with this, I hope it's the same type of feel. They don't change. It's just back them and give them the money. And maybe add, you know, two like C-lister, B-lister guys into the into the mix. Absolutely. Um, and I'll get into our next topic, favorite character. Um, and I'll go with Dwayne, Dwayne because he was very isolated from the group in a sense at the beginning, but was eventually like emotionally tied to them at, at, at the end. And even when he was at the bar near the end, he was still curious as to know, you know, what happened with the plan and so much. Yeah, obviously, the situation uh, with his wife from the beginning, there were things that, that he was having to to kind of compartmentalize <clears throat> to join this group and, and really um, assist me. them. Um, but to you overall, who is your favorite character? Michael. Michael was so such a character that needed to be implemented because he just says to he's that. He's so monotone, right? And he's so like straight face. Don't show emotions, emotion until he opens his mouth. Yes, yeah, so you're not gonna say something, yeah. right? It, you're not gonna think he's gonna say that crazy unless you know him, obviously, right? So if I met him and I'm like, okay, he's like a quiet guy, he ain't gonna say nothing crazy. <laughs> Jesus was a terrorist. What? Wait, whoa, <laughs> bro! I thought you were the quiet guy in the back of the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse you, sir. <laughs> So I like this yeah. character because it was well needed in that group that he'll say things that they weren't willing to say or he didn't care about saying. And then he was, you know, the orchestrator of creating all these bombs or creating the bomb and creating this thing. So, yeah, his his character, I think, was well needed. I think it was written well. I think yeah. he developed faster than the other characters, in my opinion. For sure. Quick, quick. Yeah, really quick. Jesus yeah, was a terrorist. I was like, whoa, just hey. Wellington. Hey, whoa, bro. Wellington. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that would be, I would be that guy really. He's like, Wellington, you said <laughs> What did you see in me? <laughs> um, and, and now get into our next topic, uh, uh, most memorable scenes. Um, I have the introduction of the main characters, the group meeting, also Theo being uh, diag- diagnosed with a leukemia, the group discussing the plan uh, more at the campfire, Alicia's a severe injury, uh, Rowan's arrest, and then Theo and, and Oxtail uh, detonating another bomb. Um, to you, w- what were maybe one or two of memorable scenes um, in this one for you? The one that stood out the most, and you just said it, when the per- the character was diagnosed with leukemia. That was a shell bomb Man. in this film. Who who was the character again? I'm- Theo. I can't remember. Theo, Theo. yes, the yeah. girl, played by Sasha Lane. When she like, cause she was like, you know, we're gonna do yeah, this, yeah, and it low key changed a little bit. Obviously, yeah, peeled back, yeah, yeah, peeled back a little bit. But she obviously, I think she went through it. If I'm not mistaken, it's been a minute since I watched it. Cause I like when I watch movies, I gotta watch it a couple times <laughs> before it just sticks. Yeah. Like the big scenes will stay in there, but obviously the last scene we're gonna talk about. Man. Oh, that's the last scene. <laughs> that is the last scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the three people with the mask puts it on the yacht and, or whatever. And that was one of those scenes where you're like, man, what's gonna happen next? What's going because on? Because you're like, this is leading to a sequel. This has to be leading to a sequel. Yeah, because it obviously some people got away. It was successful. They did what they saw out to do. Some people got away. Some people were arrested and all that stuff. So now you're thinking like, did did they double back? That was a fire last scene. Yeah, (laughs) that was a crazy scene, bro. My eyes was like, whoa, what is going on here? Okay, say the best for last. I see you. (laughs) Nah, 
when she had when when she got leukemia, it kind of like you know that human nature side of it, like what's more important, my health or the mission or the cause or you know. So it's just like you know, and they they kind of like gave her support, but at the same time, like nobody's bigger than the group. Yeah, nobody come to see you, Otis. I know you're dying, but we gotta do this. That's what we always mention. (laughs) One of these weeks, we gotta do like a Temptations review. (laughs) Oh, bro. That movie is such a classic, bro. It's such a classic movie, bro. <laughs> um, and, and now getting to most memorable quotes, I had, um, let those who profit from mass death know the properties will be trashed from Oxtail. Also, sabotage is, is messy from Oxtail. Uh, what do you know about building a bomb from Sean? If the American empire is calling us curious, then we're doing something right from Michael. And yes. finally, we have to do something that would scare people from Oxtail. Um, uh, what were some of the kind of quotes in this one that, that you thought was a, were standouts or, or, or you know, the ones that you kind of went back to the most? Michael had all of them, bro. Yeah, the American Empire's College Terrace. <laughs> yeah, and then don't blow us up, Michael. Shut the freak up. <laughs> bro, this is like, it's quick. Quick, fast, yeah, no pause. Mm-hmm. He's very witty, but he would, you don't recognize you that he's witty until he opens his yeah. mouth because his demeanor doesn't it. say anything. Ponytail guy, long yeah. So, and then Jesus was a terrorist, took me out, bro. I was like, okay, bro. <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> so yeah, Michael had all the the best quotes. Um, yeah, definitely. Those three quotes were like top three, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and now getting to our next topic, what did you like the most about the storyline? Um, to, to me, how they were able to to address each person's story, what they were going through. Obviously, you know, they showed what Theo when we saw what Theo was actually going through. It made us think a whole lot differently. Um, of their journey, and obviously with each person, there was something that that they were kind of battling and and had a past of when they were coming to this mission. And I thought that was a really, really a, a dope thing to input in the movie. Um, to you, like, what particular element of the storyline did you kind of like the most? Similar to what you just said, bro. Like, everybody has a past. Everybody's on the same page. Yeah, they might seem as radical or terrorist. They all want the same thing, and that's extremely difficult in this time to be on the same page, even if it's a, yeah. something like extreme that's blowing up a refinery. Uh, but also that the, the the screenplay was very simplistic. That uh, they they implemented like bombshells within the bombshells, like leukemia, like people wanting to back out because it's so extreme, or are they going to die? Like I think one of the girls was like, are are you going to blow us up or something? He, oh, you know yeah. how do, he was like. I don't know. <laughs> that was Michael. He was like, I don't know. <laughs> we gotta, like, we're going to see. see? <laughs> um, so it was just like it, they had that all the different elements uh, in the human nature as well as they were successful. Like most of these like things don't pan out, but they yeah. it panned out and everybody knew there was consequences. Right. And then now we get this last scene that's so like, like, oh, man, it's like a cliffhanger. Like, what's who's that? Such who's in the mask? Cause you can't tell by the the body type who they who they were. I Obviously, cannot you can tell, tell who it was. Male, yeah, female, know, like, but... like if you, if listeners, if you if if you remember the last scene, you cannot tell who no. those people were. <laughs> no, so that them being able to do, do to add that in. Obviously, it was success. Obviously, it was consequences, and then now they got the thirst. It was yeah. like, okay, we did this big thing. We planted out. There was consequences, yeah. but exactly. we can't. Yeah, what's next? Now we can become this radical group. So I think is a. It, that writing, oh, that opens up so many doors for the writer to like, do they become a radical group? Do they co- just be local? Do they go international? Do they add other people into it? Yeah. Like, so it's so many things that you can add into it that can like bring it Build out it. and become, yes. yeah, and become this big, this big, um, 
big thing and everybody knows what it is. Definitely. Um, and, and before we get to our last topic, you know, it's interesting because sometimes with, with the movies that, you know, they do get the high ratings on Rotten Tomatoes and do the critics love them. Um, people really uh, like go to this and they're, they're enamored by it. A lot of people, this is getting high praise from a lot of critics, obviously. Yeah. And a lot of people are noticing it. Like to you, what do you think this movie is doing to kind of get that mass um, praise and just, you know, uh, uh, um, notoriety um, for, from, from critics? It's the writing. It's a screenplay because we've seen this so many times in different forms. Um, I can't remember. It was, uh, I don't know if this was on a TV show about uh, rich people trying to, rich kids get it back at their parents by um, staging all these things. That's that's radical. Like we've seen so many different facets, like all, yeah. all this before, but how did this simplistic screenplay become this thing that you cannot not stop watching and it is intriguing and it flows well and the characters are developed so well it's it's just written well i think that's the biggest thing because we've seen this before how do you put a twist to it how do you how do you how do you uh bring different characters in it that leukemia was a bombshell nobody expected that because all every we're focused as listener not listen as viewers of how they're going to be successful these people have never done this before how are they going to be successful blowing up a refinery yeah, or right. refinery. How are they going to do this? How are they going to create a bomb? Pull this off. <laughs> and then boom, somebody got leukemia. But yeah. like, you know what I mean? So it's just that was I didn't expect that was a bombshell. I was like, what? You got to add leukemia all <laughs> this, was, to everything all that we're already doing. <laughs> like it was insane, take, take bro. So yeah. So I think the yeah. writing is what people are really like. Okay. This screenplay doesn't have to be this complex thing. It could be simplistic. Get back to the drawing board. And any films are really kicking box office films out the water. Yeah. Had like, you even heard about this movie before I sent it? No. Which <laughs> yeah, is so, weird. Yeah, yeah. Because we like like when I when I sent it to you, I was like, is Savon even gonna like be into this movie? I didn't so even know I, what I, it no was. <laughs> I didn't I was like, how to blow up a pipeline, right? <laughs> These kids gonna copy this. What are you doing? <laughs> but it was so Plus good. Showed me, mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't. Like, no. The movie did. <laughs> it was <a> movie. <laughs> Watch on Hulu. <laughs> this thing is not PG thirteen, by the way. Um, and and, and now getting to our last topic, too. So now, do you still think it will be watchable and intriguing? Obviously, this this is such a, a you know a current movie just just coming out. Um. To, to you, in terms of of the, because for me, I feel as though this is the type of movie, like you said, when you have quality writing and you have a solid, I mean, a, a unique idea and, and a and a cast that is is not you know like an A list cast, but just they complement each other so well. I feel as though it's a mm-hmm. movie like you're gonna want to keep watching, and it may not be be your type of movie, but, but if you give it a, a try and a chance, I feel as though it's one that that really will impress you. But how do you think this movie will kind of age? Um, a decade from now, and also for the people who haven't seen it, you know what could bring them into it. It needs most. It needs more exposure, uh, yeah, like because I didn't even know it was you know a thing until you was like yeah. you sent the you know the the notes of where we were going over for the week, and I think it's like the one. And I, I say this again, I always refer to this with that one film about um, it was on Amazon Prime that 
you're not gonna know what it is because it's like oh, in nanny. the archives. Yeah. Yes, nanny. It, that was a good film, but it's such deep into the archives. This needs more exposure, and I think obviously that's yeah. why it's an indie film. It's you know low budget, simplistic, not going too crazy, but it needs. Hopefully, it gets like nominated so it can be blown. I would up. love for that to happen. Like yeah. the one film that you like so so much, and it won. I don't. Parasite. I just, I, yeah, yeah. I'll never forget that episode. <laughs> Like, what is this, bro? <laughs> this indie feel going crazy, but it, yep. like it had it's that gain and exp- yeah, swept. bro. Yeah. So hopefully, because now you got ninety four percent Rotten Tomato, you got a got a lot of stuff going for you. Hopefully, you get nominated so that exposure grows. So if they get that exposure, I think yeah, you you and I think it, that should be watchable. And the thing that actually happened was it last year it was released in select theaters, so it wasn't. It wasn't like uh, mass distributed. This year is when they finally put it out on streaming platforms. So that was the thing. It was even put out, I think, near the end of last year. And then, right. and then a couple of weeks ago, they're like, let's put it out on streaming platforms. And now it's getting the buzz again. Hopefully it gets that exposure. That's the only way so. that type of indie film is going to survive for yeah. you know eons. And we need more films like this. I, I, yeah. This, this, these, these, these are quality. Yeah, these types of films. I think they're quality. they're kicking butt, bro. The last one, uh, I know it was an A24 film, but it started as an indie film first. The Whale, bro. Yes. I think that's the best movie I watched this year. Oh, I got to check that it, one out. Check bro, out. it was so good. Warning, he's, he's a, uh, he's a, uh, he's a, uh, <laughs> he's a LGBT okay. guy. But it is so, so good. It's written so well, bro. And it's only like one place. It's just like uh, Malcolm and Marie. Oh, yeah. Everything occurs in his apartment. The one movie I was wrong about. The one movie I was, I was, this day I was wrong about. That movie <laughs> that was, the one was movie, so That was good, the one movie bro. I was like, man, I should not have given it three seconds. But I can't find it. Can't find it oh, really? on Netflix. It's not on Netflix oh. anymore. Bro, such a great... That was, yeah, anywho... Movie. Yeah, anywho, yeah. But yeah, you got to watch The Whale, bro. Super, super good. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and that was started as an indie film, and then it got backed by A24. Anything A24. Awesome. Yeah, they starting to take over. For sure. Started to yeah. take over. But this one, How to Blow a Pipeline, really, really, yeah, yeah. Hand claps for this one. Really, really good. Yeah. Really, really well done. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm Rose Winter Burns. I'm my kind of our Save on Morse. This is Ben Full Scope. See you later.